Hallelujah. <laughs> well, turn in your Bible today to the book of Psalms, to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And let's pray. Let's release our faith. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for touching every hungry heart today. Lord, we value your word. We thank you that your word is life unto us. Life itself. Lord, that as we feed upon your word, that strength comes into our spirit. That we, we grow stronger and able to fulfill the task that lies ahead. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for direction. And thank you for answers today. Lord, we purpose to be doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord, that... Lord, even my tongue would be as the pen of a ready writer. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Did you find Psalm 91? Psalm 91. Verse 5 says, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Notice he says, You shall not be afraid for the terror by night. Say this, I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. I believe that we are living in the last days. When we read the, the Bible, the Bible talks about the, the beginning. I mean, when you read the book of Acts, the book of Acts says that we are in the last days. So if 2,000 years ago was the beginning of the last days, where are we now in the history of mankind? And so one of the things, though, that we see in the earth right now more than ever is Fear. People are afraid. You know, the Bible says that men's hearts shall fail them for fear of those things that are coming on the earth. People's hearts literally failing them. Jesus said, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. So how many know we're seeing things? You know, the Bible talks about earthquakes in, in diverse places. All these different things coming to pass. Look up. Your, your redemption draws nigh. So it's not something we should be scared of. But we are in the most exciting days of, of mankind. You know, the Bible says that the prophets, they would have loved to be right where we are. And it talks about the angels looking into the things. You know, angels, they don't understand what it's like to be a person. And so it's talking about how they look into those things like where we are today. They desire to, they, they can't figure redemption out. Because we know what it's like to be lost and to be saved. And so when you hear these things, don't be troubled. And so what happens though is the same spirits that are in the world will try to get in the church. You know, just like in, in Acts chapter 5, you see where this, this man um, was, it said, cohabiting with his stepmother. 
And so those same spirits will try to get in that are in the church. I mean, get into the church that are in the world. Well, one of the biggest spirits that's in the world is the spirit of fear. And so I want to preach a message entitled, No Fear Here. No Fear Here. We should have no fear in our lives. You know, people say, well, you know, just a little bit of fear is good. You know, just, just, a, just a tad, just a scotch, just, just a little bit. You know, but, but fear is evil. And the Bible says that fear has torment. Now, we know we had to rightly divide the Word of God. And so the Bible does say that we should have a fear of the Lord or the fear of the Lord. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge, it also says. So that's a, a wholesome respect and reverence for God. Not like you'd be afraid of some rattlesnake or something like that. You know, some people, I grew up in, in my background where it was more of a, a, a maybe a fear like that because you didn't know who God was. And it was like, you know what, let me just stay on this side of the road and I'll just, God, I'll just do my thing and you do your thing and, you know, we'll be all right, you know. Whoever came up like that, you know, you just, because you didn't know who the Lord was. Well, you know what, uh, Lord, I'll just... I'll just be nice and you be nice and, and we won't cross paths. <laughs> and, um, but one of the biggest things about the fear of the Lord is how you, you have this wholesome respect and you don't want to displease him. But if you really think about it, I don't know any other way to say it, sin should alarm you though. Living in sin, it should alarm us because we shouldn't have anything to do with Disobeying the Lord. <clears throat> and, you know, you have to say these things so people understand. You should respect things like not walking in front of the traffic. Well, you know, I don't have any fear of that bus out there. <laughs> well, there's somewhere we're going to be going and that's your funeral. And so there, there's, there's a healthy respect you should have. You should teach your kids not to, you know... Hey, you know, Johnny, don't put your uh, finger in the light socket right there. You know, it's nothing to play with. Or, you know, you take the bulb off the top of the, the, uh, the lamp and, you know, like that. They're going to get a, a, a revelation. <laughs> They're going to get a rude awakening. And so we should understand those things. And, you know, that's why the Bible says don't tempt the Lord. We shouldn't do things just to prove. Well, you know, I'm just going to prove. You know, I have faith. I'm going to prove something and just show that, that, that I, you know, that's how you, you get into bad situations. That's how you die. Amen. But 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. Notice 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. Verse 6 says, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Say that. God has not given me 
the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So notice here he says, God's not given us the spirit of fear. Fear is not just an idea. It says fear is a spirit. But the Bible also talks about the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. We believe and therefore have we spoken. I believe and therefore speak. So spirit, the, the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith believes something and says something. I'm going to believe something and then I'm going to speak it out. But there's also the Bible talks about the spirit of fear. You know that the spirit of fear speaks as well. Well, I don't know how we're going to make it. Well, you know, I don't think, I think we're going under. Oh, I think I'm going to lose my job. Oh, I think this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Oh, I think, you know, if anything bad is going to happen, it's going to happen to me. I mean, people live that way and speak out their fears. Remember, Job said this, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. But the one thing we have to realize is you can't stop fear from knocking on the door. But you don't have to let it in. You know, FedEx or UPS comes to the door and it requires a signature. You don't have to accept it. You can send it back. Refused. Do not want. <laughs> Did not order. Cancel. Whatever you want. your reason is. The same way... I like how Brother Hagin said, he said, you cannot stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Because that's the way thoughts are. You can't stop every thought from coming, but you don't, you don't have to entertain those thoughts. Well, see, that's the way fear starts. It starts as a thought. It starts as an impression. That's why the Bible says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So when those thoughts come, say, no, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to have that. Yeah. But see, you, you can't just wage a silent war. You ever seen people just waging a silent war? I mean, there's lots of things going on up there, you know, and they're just like, people are like, you know, just having a hard time and they're just, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say, no, I'm not doing that. But, but when you begin to speak out the word, that's when things change. Jesus says, take no thought for your life saying. How do you take a thought? By saying it, by speaking it. How do you take control of thoughts? By speaking it and by saying it. So, so if something is, is bothering you, you can't just wage a silent war. You have to open up your mouth and just say, no, this is what the word of God says. The Bible says I'm blessed. The Bible says I'm healed, that I'm whole, that I'm strong. The Bible says whatever your situation is. So you can't stop fear from knocking on the door, but you don't have to let it in. You know, I think about uh, Jesus when he was dealing with the disciples. What did he tell the disciples the one time they got in the boat? Let us go Unto the other side. And what did Jesus go do? He went to sleep. See, faith is a rest. And so the disciples, they, they, 
woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? I mean, boy, that's, that's quite an insult right there. Don't you even care? And what did, what did Jesus do? He, he, he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. It, it calmed. And then he said, where's your faith? Don't you think he expected them to do something about it? And like we said, you know, a lot of people, the next day they've been at their therapist. And saying, I don't understand it, you know. I, I followed him. I gave up my life for him. And, 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 and does he say, good job, Peter? No. Does he say, you know, you did really good until you, you know, sank? You know, sank? And, and the Bible says he began to sink. So, I mean, that was like, like slow motion, I guess. Just he began to sink. And so he says, no. Where is your faith? I, I just can't take it anymore. I can't, I can't be around him anymore. That's what a lot of people would have done. Why? Because he expected him to do something about it. So what do we do? We have to deal aggressively with fear. We have to deal aggressively with it. <clears throat> you know, one thing that I've learned to do when fears come, and like we said, no one's immune to fear. And a lot of times, what what happened, the enemy will, will put a fear, and then he'll try to co- condemn you for having the fear. He, who's ever had the devil put a, a thought in your mind, then turn around and condemn you for having the thought? <laughs> well, look at you, thinking, like, thinking about that. Who's ever been in church service, and your mind has been bouncing off the wall? <laughs> I don't even have it to ask who. And I'm not just talking about... You know, I'm not talking about just like the roast that you cooked or where you're going to eat after. But, you know, people are thinking of everything. They're not, you know, they're thinking about killing their mother-in-law. They're thinking about doing all kinds of stuff in church. <laughs> and that's why we have to grab those thoughts. Yeah. Same thing with fear. Fear, I resist you. Yeah. I mean, even if, you're, even if you're standing up, even if they were in the boat, and their knees were having fellowship one with the other. You know, they're just like, like this, you know. <laughs> Maybe the hair on the back of their neck standing up. But they still could have said, fear, I resist you. Yes. See, it's not the feelings. It's not the feelings. You can have feelings of fear. You know, it's the same thing with doubt. See, the enemy would say, well, no, you're doubting. You're not going to receive. But you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. Remember the, the, the man that came to Jesus and said, Lord, I, I believe what you're saying, but I need a little help here with my head, you know, help my unbelief. Who's ever had that? You've, you believe in your heart, but, but your head's giving you a lot of trouble. But you can have, that's why you can have faith in your heart working in doubts in your head. Now, you should deal with those doubts. You should cast them down. Don't let them stay. But just because you have a doubt doesn't mean that that, that you got in unbelief doesn't mean that you're not believing God. Thank God. Because some of the biggest battles in my life, I've been believing, but just you have to cast it down, cast it down. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. Amen. Think about Jairus in Mark chapter 5. And we're going we're gonna to go back to Psalm 91 in just a moment, but I want you to see in Mark chapter 5, these are, this is an answer for people. 
Jairus, the Bible said he was a ruler of the synagogue. I mean, he's a pretty important guy, you know. And um, what had happened is the Bible talks about this woman with the issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging. And so how many know that, that that's pretty serious? And, and she had had this for 12 years. And the Bible says when she heard of Jesus, she came to the press and touched his garment. She said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And um, Jesus finds out who this lady is. And, um, but before this, in verse 22 of Mark 5, Behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you Come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. How many know that's his faith speaking? He says, you come and lay hands on her and she shall be healed. So Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And then the Bible goes on to talk about and a certain woman on his way to go into Jairus' house. This woman with the issue of blood comes up. But I want you to realize this. It was faith that got Jesus moving in his direction. Well, this woman comes up, and, and she's fearing and trembling after she's healed. And the Bible says that she came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And I don't know about this woman, but I know a lot of ladies, they know all the details. Am I right? So that's how he knew all this. That's how uh, Mark, that's how Luke, that's how all the disciples knew this. How did they know all the details? Because they were there. And she said, well, you know, I went to this doctor, and I went to this doctor, and I went to this doctor, and they couldn't help me. And in fact, I just grew worse and worse and worse. How many know that that can happen today? And it happens today. And anyway, it says, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and behold thy plague. Verse 35, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Now I want you to notice Jesus commanded this. You know, a lot of people just think, well, you know, in fact, some, some modern translations, I, I love a lot of the different translations, but some modern translations, you have to watch because they'll even use this word, try. Well, you know, the Lord knows if we can do something. He's not going to say, well, just try, you know. Buddy, I know, I know things have been real tough. And, and just, just try. Just try not to worry. Just, you know, you may not can help it, but just try. See, that, wouldn't that be real nice? Because then we can just not try and then, well, the Lord told me to just do the best I could. Well, the, the Lord knows, though. He knows what we know. And, and he knows if we're acting upon the faith that we've heard. You see, that's why whatever God, the, the light we have, we are responsible for that. And so, notice, though, he said, be not afraid, only believe. I mean, people think of Jesus that, that, you know, here's Jesus, meek and mild. 
he comes out, you know, he speaks Elizabeth in English. Yea, verily, I say unto you. And he's got a lamb under his arm. And, you know, he's, he's just saying, you know, yea, verily, verily, I say unto you. And, uh, you know, like one of his disciples' name is verily. Verily, I say unto you. And, uh, you know, just be not afraid, only believe. You know, we think it's like a Charlton Heston voice. Be not afraid, only believe. James Earl Jones, be not afraid, only, you know, just. But he, he's. I heard, I heard the, the testimony somebody said when they went to heaven and, and, and saw Jesus. Jesus was preaching. And we see that Jesus is the preacher. But he said that Jesus was shouting, I'm going to get your brother. I'm going to get your sister. He said he was just shouting. He thought, oh boy, I just, I never saw Jesus like that. But that's the way Jesus was. He's a preacher. What did it say? He, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. He taught and he healed the sick. But he didn't just say, Jairus, just believe. No. He says, be not afraid, only believe. He actually just turned and said, stop the fear. And, he, and the Bible says that he suffered no man to go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. But what, what, what does he mean? He said, be not afraid, only believe. Believe what? Believe that the thing that you said that got me moving in your direction to go to your house, you believe that. That, that if I come and lay hands on her, she's going to be healed. You, you stop the fear and you just believe that. You believe the fact that, hey, if, that I'm moving to your house and I'm going to raise them up. Yeah. Think about Jesus when, when Lazarus, it didn't, matter, it didn't matter that he began to stink. Well, you know, you can't raise the dead if they stink. But like that really matters. They, say, they said, uh, Lord, if you'd have been here earlier... That then he'd have been raised up. He said, did I not tell you if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Smith Wigglesworth, he was known for, you know, whenever God would speak to him, he'd go somewhere. And here he was, this person, you know, he was supposed to go visit this person. Then they found out that, he, that they had died. And, uh, you know, then he said, okay, it's time to go. <laughs> You know, he just, he was on God's time, and he didn't go down there to, uh, you know, go down there, oh, I'm just a hoping and a praying. And, well, you know, you can't hope and a pray at the same time. Well, true Bible, true Bible hope is expectation. You can, you can pray and then expect. But he, he went down there, and the person, you know, was adamant and said, you know, why did you even come down here? He didn't even bother him. He just got him out of the way, raised him from the dead. Why? Wow, he said, I know when the Lord sends me, and it doesn't bother me. You know, he'd go to some places, and the person died. He went to the casket, took them out, threw them, plopped them against the wall. I said, live, and the corpse just fell down. I, I said, live, life. And the third time, they started breathing. How many know a lot of people, they throw them against the wall the first time, they take off running? <laughs> Say, oh, Lord, I better watch out the funeral director. He's going to come chase me down. So he said, be not afraid, only believe. So, so fear, we have to stop fear and distract. But I want you to look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And you can take two hours on this, but 
We'll keep it to an hour and 45. But Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Do you know that there's a secret place? And don't think this is for somebody else. This is for you. What's so awesome about that is a secret place the devil doesn't know where it is. He that dwells, not just visits once in a while and kumbaya, Lord. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. The Hebrew word actually means to lodge. That's where you live. You live under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. You know, a lot of our, the protection that we need from the Lord, the Bible says we're living in perilous times. A lot of the protection we need, it starts right there with our mouth. I'm going to say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. So there is a, a Godward side and a manward side to every promise and to every victory in life. My God in Him will I trust. Surely... He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. I shall not be afraid so you have to personalize this. I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Can you give me the message? It's in the office. I just need another translation. Verse 7, a thousand shall fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. See, to the untrained person, someone might think, well, that's just pride. But, but how did he have this confidence? Because he walked with God, because he lived in the secret place. He says, but it shall not come nigh thee. When we have our prayer services in the mornings, I pray this at the end of, of every prayer service. Verse 8, only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge. You know you have to make him your refuge. Even the most high your habitation, <clears throat> there shall no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague Come nigh my dwelling. No sickness, no disease. For he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They shall bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. Remember when the devil misquoted that and tried to get him to misapply that. And said, well, you know, hey, it's written. You know, you know isn't, it, isn't it clever how the devil quotes scripture? And he said, you know, lest at any time. But he, he took that out of context. 
But he says, lest you dash your foot against a stone, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall you trample underfoot. Because I have set my love upon you, I'm just personalizing this. Because I've set my love upon you, therefore, Lord, you're going to deliver me. You will set me on high because I have known your name. I shall call upon you, and you will answer me. You will be with me in trouble. You will deliver me and honor me. With long life will you satisfy me and show me your salvation. You know, if you want to live and, and, and experience the fullness of God and living a long life, that means the Lord has to protect you. Why? Because there's lots of uh, traps and pits along the way that the enemy would try to bring our way. I want to read this from the message. It's kind of actually funny to see it in this because this is one of the original versions from like 1993. This big thick thing. But uh, anyway, I like it. <laughs> Psalm 91. You who sit down in the high God's presence... Spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night. Not flying arrows in the day. Not disease that prowls through the darkness. Not coronavirus. Not any other virus. Not the flu. Not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left. No harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. See, that's what he's talking about, that you're going, to, you're going to be a spectator. Only a spectator will I be because I made the Lord my refuge, because I'm not going to have to be afraid. So we're going to see some things, even I believe in the, in the near future, where <laughs> you're going to be glad you're on the Lord's side. That's all I can say. You'll stand untouched, watch it from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge. The high God, your very own home. <clears throat> Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. <clears throat> he ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes... And kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink. Of salvation. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You just, you just read that, boy. You just, 
You can go to another place. So that's why the Lord tells us, and why we say, no fear here. Notice what Isaiah said. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Pastor, how can I not be afraid? Do I just make a decision? It's not just a decision that, hey, I'm not going to be afraid. You have to have a reason. There has to be something backing that. Not just willpower of, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to fear. The reason why is because he's with me. Say that. He's with me. He says, be not dismayed for I am thy God. I am, he says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. So he tells us to fear not. The thing we had to realize is, is Satan is the God of this world. The Bible says so, that the Satan is the God. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Satan is the God of this world. So, you know, sometimes people don't understand. They think, well, you know, God is God in control. And for some people, they don't understand this, but... In this world where we are, God is not in control. He gives us authority in this world, and that allows him to be in control. But if he's in control, then, then, then he's doing a bad job because babies are being aborted. You know, people, there's murder, there's, there's, there's killing, there's sickness, there's disease. There's not going to be any sickness and disease in heaven. So, so God's not in control. There's wars. But, but he gives us authority in the name of Jesus and gives us dominion. And so Satan is the God of this world. And like we said, those same spirits that are in the world, if you follow the spirit of the world, what's going to happen? You're going to be afraid. Why? Because the, the, the current of this world flows that way. It, it goes downstream. To where it's just fear. And so as a believer, what you have to learn to do is to swim upstream. You know it's not as comfortable to do that? Why? Because you start going upstream. And see, Terry starts swimming upstream. And then his friends say, Terry, just come join us. You know, just come over here and, and, and don't paddle so hard. You know, it's too much work. And he says, okay. And then he goes downstream a little bit. And he says, you know what? Then he comes back to Sunday morning service and hears a good word and says, you know what? I'm going upstream again. I'm going to go against the, the current. But then someone tries to come derail him and then he gets, you know, this is just, I'm just using that as an example. It could be anybody. <laughs> Not Terry, but. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe someone gets offended and they, they get off the course. But then they say, you know what? I got to go back. I'm going back to church. And I'm not going to, I'm going to get my eyes back on Jesus. I'm going to get my eyes on the Lord. And so that's what happens. And, and the spirit of this world is to be afraid. And so even, you know, even now, like everything that's going on with, with COVID-19, it's all about control. Why, why is there control? For fear. Why? So people can be dependent upon 
a system. And I, I believe that, that it's something that's for things that we're going to see in the years to come and, and see with the mark of the beast and things like that. But it's all about control. Amen. You know, even, even think about this, you know, sometimes even with... Um, now, I'm not the first one that likes to, to line up and be, be the first one to go to a doctor. But, you know, sometimes if you're... If you feel like you're dying or something, it's probably good to go get get it checked out. But, you know, a lot of people don't go to the doctor out of fear. You know, even like, you know, especially if people aren't taught correctly, they believe that, you know, some people say, well, I don't want to go to the doctor because I'm, I don't want to displease the Lord. But how many think it's better to, to live and not die? And so... Here's the thing. A lot of people put their faith in the wrong thing. They put their faith in, in not taking the medicine. They put their faith in... And years ago, this happened like in the healing revival. People would get prayed for, for their glasses, you know, their eyes. Then they would take their glasses and stomp them down the ground. And then have a wreck on the way home because they couldn't see. Wouldn't it be better just to keep using your faith and say, God, I thank you that I'm healed. And then one day you not need the glasses. But here's the thing. Not taking medicine never healed anybody. Not taking medicine never healed anybody. So see, people have faith, not that God has healed them, not in the fact that Jesus strikes, but they have faith in the fact of, I'm not going to take the medicine. And it's misplaced. Amen. It's just better to, to keep building your faith and then when you don't need it. Then let the, you know, you'll know when you don't need it. Amen. And so, why do I not need to be afraid? Well, I have his help, but I have him on the inside of me. Like he says here, for I am thy God, I am with you, be not dismayed. And I want you to look, we'll, uh, over in uh, 1 John 4, we'll camp there toward the end. I think I'm... About to wrap up. We'll see. <laughs> In the south, they say fixing to. What does that mean? That means I'm about to commence to get started to quit. <laughs> We're fixing to. First John 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now... Already is it in the world. So see the Antichrist spirit is in the world. Now we haven't seen the Antichrist. The church will not. I believe. And, and um, he, the Bible says that once the church is taken out. He will be revealed. And so I'm not concerned about who he is. We'll know. If, um, why even worry about that. <laughs> Amen. That doesn't affect my faith at all. I don't have to know who the Antichrist is. 
But we know that that, that spirit of Antichrist has been here for 2,000 years. What does that mean? Anti-Christ. Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Anything that's anti-anointing against the anointing is an anti-Christ spirit. Amen. That's why we love the anointing. But notice he says here in verse 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, I'm sorry to say I've never, um, you know, looked back through the years and see what my genealogy is. You know, like some people say, you know, every, um, every family... Um, you know, there's a few uh, fruits, nuts, and flakes, and, um, you know, their family tree. And so, um, but I've never, you know, looked into that to see. But here's my genealogy. You are of God. Amen. That's, that's my genealogy. I am of God. And it says, I've overcome them. What's the them? Well, if you read in the first four verses here, it says, talking about the evil spirits in the world. We have overcome those evil spirits in the world. Why? I don't have to fight devils. I don't have to fight to be free. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. One man of God used to say this. He said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than the outside. Why? Because he realized that that the devil's not bigger than God. You know, a lot of people, even Christians, think that God... And the devil are just wrestling. It's, it's like in, 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 you know, if people are wrestling together, what do they do? They lock arms, you know. They got that arm bar going, and they're, they're starting out like that, you know. People think that God's like that, you know, just like holding on. And they think that the devil is like all-powerful. But, you know, the devil, the Bible says that, that God... Through, through Jesus, when he, Jesus cast out spirits, it said, by the finger of God. We know also the Bible says that, that God brought through the arm of salvation. I believe God had to really flex his arm. Why? Because when he rose Jesus up, he, he raised us up with him. So at the same mighty power that raised Jesus, we were raised up with him. But when it came to the devil, it says, with the finger of God. I think he just like thumps the devil, you know, just like, that's how you cast out devils, you just thump him. <clears throat> but we, th- you know, people think that, that he's all powerful, he's all omniscient. The devil is a defeated being. He only, the only thing he has is what we give him. And that's why he can only work through deception. So I don't have to be afraid of devils. I don't have to be afraid of sickness, disease, sin. Why? Because he says, I'm going to dwell in them. And the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So if I'm dwelling in the, in the love of God, I'm going to also have <clears throat> no fear in my life. Amen. His love is going to cast that out. Amen. How many know, like little kids or <laughs> bigger kids, it doesn't matter. You know, when, you, when they know they're loved and you love them, they're not worried about anything. My son, you know, they, they never just fall on the floor and cry and wor- worried about what they're going to eat this afternoon. 
I mean, even if I haven't even said anything about what we're going to do, my, my sons are already, Dad, we're going to Pizza Ranch, you know. <laughs> they already have their faith out there. We're going to do this. We're going to, they're not worried, are they? How much should we not worry and be afraid? Because I know that I'm dwelling in the secret place. So I want you to say this. Say this, no fear here. I will not be afraid for the terror by night, for the arrow that flies by day, for the pestilence. So what does that mean? That means any sickness, any disease. I don't care if there's a COVID-20, 21, 22. You know, I don't care what kind of bubonic plague comes. I'm not going to be afraid. Say this, for disease, for calamity, a thousand shall fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. But what happens when the enemy comes up and says, you know what though, your brother had this, and your dad had this, and his dad had it, and 14 generations had this. It's not coming near me. Why? Because it may have been in my genealogy, but I got new genes. Amen. You are of God. And so, you know, I absolutely refuse to... Sure, there's things that maybe you look like your, your brothers or sisters, but I mean, I just cut those things off. You know, any kind of resemblance to anything to my last name... Not that we were crazy or anything, but, but you know, we were pretty normal people. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, anything that's of the flesh or, you know, anything that's, you know, the Bible talks about knowing people after the spirit and not after the flesh. And, you know, sometimes that's hard, especially with, with um, people in your own family, because everyone knows who you are, especially if you start moving towards God's direction. And they say, who do you think you are? I know you. I know what you did. You know, and your family knows you like no one else. And so that's why you have to come to respect the gift of God in other people, especially in your family. So when the enemy t tells you those things, though, you're going to die. And say, no, I will live and not die. And so never before a time like the, the one we're living in now, we have to be established in the Word of God. And so... Read your Bible. Get to know the Word. That's why, that's why we feed you the Word. We, we, we endeavor to give you a seven-course meal here every Sunday. So feed on the Word, but also be established in prayer. And see, whatever comes your way, you can say, I will not fear. See, I don't, know, I don't have to know everything that's coming down the pipe. But I know that if I'm walking with the Lord, He'll protect me, He'll keep me. He'll, he'll shield me from anything that would come my way. Why? Because he's with me. <clears throat> and you know, here's the thing. A lot of times people think, man, I got all these things. I'm, I'm afraid about this. I'm afraid about that. I just got to, how do I get rid of those things? You don't really have to worry about getting them out. You can get them out by replacing it with something greater. I don't care if it's doubt. I don't care if it's unbelief. I don't care what it is. It can be fear. 
Through the law of displacement, you can get it out. So if you have something, if I had, a, if I had coffee in this cup here, but I didn't want coffee, I wanted orange juice. <laughs> but is there a way to get that orange juice in there, but there, you, can't, you can't turn that cup upside down? What do you do? You just start pouring, pouring the orange juice, so it's going to be a mixture of orange juice and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then you keep pouring, and it's going to keep, it's going to keep going, and it's going to keep going. You're going to keep filling it up, and it's going to displace that coffee little by little. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have just a, a pure cup of nothing but orange juice. You might have some doubt and unbelief. You just keep pouring the faith of God in. It's going to push it out. You keep pouring it in, and the fear has to go. You keep pouring in that God wants to protect me, then it's going to push the fear out. You know, don't fill yourself with stats. Well, one in in five people die from this. Well, four in five don't, and that might as well be you. Amen. Because the faith of God drives out fear. So say it one more time. I refuse to fear. I will not fear. God is on my side, and the victory is mine. Hallelujah. If you believe that, just raise your hands. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for the victory this hour. Thank you, Lord, that fear, Lord, that's contraband goods. That's something we shouldn't even be having in our life. And I thank you today that you, Lord, you deliver every person from every fear. Every fear goes today. Lord, that no fear can remain, that no fear can stay. We thank you for it, Lord. We bless you.